0: And now the moment you've all been waiting for. Welcome to social media white noise. Yeah, I'm really sorry about that, Ted, but we've had complaints that the intro's too long.
1: And we're on Mr. Butler. And I haven't said something typically inane. Insert typically inane starting opening sequence here. Close brackets. There we go. Good morning, Andy.
0: Good morning, Nick Holas-Butler. I am Andy, otherwise known as Dr. Podspell, that the way it sounds, fully.
1: And I'm Nick, a.k.a. at Loudmouth Man Butler, and you are listening to episode 88 of Social Media White Noise, recorded here in the Seven Bees Café in in the back street of the lanes. In a little little off-street on the lanes. We don't think
0: we've been here before, do we? It's not sure. We haven't checked. We're not quite sure. And
1: I've been too lazy to go back through the other 87 shows.
0: (laughs) I promise I'm not going to do that stupid laugh that I do.
1: Uh, and I mustn't there, do and, that stupid and, laugh that and I And there we are. So, and
0: it's come to our attention, hasn't it, Nick, that we, neither of us have had a particularly good rant for a while. So we, we, this is going to be a ranty show.
1: Well, there's an attempt to do a ranty show. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll apply it. I have um, actually
0: sedated Nick today. But despite that, I think it will be a ranty show. Yeah,
1: well, I, you know, I, for some reason over the last few... I think, I've written off June for me. June was just the least productive month I've been. A really? complete fog in my head. Can't quite remember what was going on. Um, so I'm just writing off any productivity mm-hmm. in June uh, whilst I blather away I'm just having a quick look at the yes. a um, coming up a coming up thing coming up a recommendation this, this does use... mean that we have to talk about it then.
0: Well, a recommendation to use email as a social network, which I'm stoked about. Well, that's very American, isn't it? Stoked about listening to. You come uh, all American. Def Leppard finding a copyright loophole. Uh, will BYOD be the next thing? That's to bring your doors. own device. Bring your own device. Uh, Evernote and pockets, some stuff about them. Uh, WikiLeaks wins against Visa, and uh, a thing about YouTube doing MP3 compression. I'm going to end with our rant of the day. Olympic, brand and the Olympic and branding. Olympic branding. Do yep. we
1: get to say something nasty about the Olympics and the London Olympic Committee? And then if we want to, it. to, but we'll come on to that later. Because then we'll get a takedown notice and we'll be so rock and roll. We will be, won't we? We'll uh, tell us about this email as a social network thing, Nick. And this popped up in my feed this morning. And, uh, yeah, link to a PDF. Sorry about that. Um, a fairly sort of long introductory... You, Jacob Milton. Disc- you know, disc- ...description of um, how to possibly implement email... As, I mean, email is effectively a social network, aren't they? I mean, it, effectively, it is a private social network that we all have. There's nothing to stop with the us... Inbox. With, a, with a public with inbox. With a public inbox. With a world inbox. What you can't <coughs> do with, with email is, is necessarily create a public broadcast content that somebody can subscribe to, unless you have something like, I don't know, a newsletter... And if we all started having newsletters Mm. um, and then of course you want to have private conversations, well that's what email's for in a way. Um, So this is really talking about the concept in terms of Um, taking aspects of what we're familiar with in social media from both geolocation-based information, um, music and contextual social browsing, uh, the functions that are in social media that are the reason why email isn't social media.
0: Mm -hmm. And say, well,
1: how could we take the platform that we currently have, Mm -hmm. the already implemented operating infrastructure for sharing data, and just change the client... Hmm. so that it adds more social media-type functions to an email.
0: Are we talking about building uh, another layer of features on top of email? It's actually...
1: Well, no, it's talking... Because you don't need to add layers of features, because email has a feature called headers, where you can implement custom headers for information. So your custom headers are effectively uh, the additional meta that describe or detail how something might be shared or available. Okay. Your... Clients would then only need a plug-in in order to be able to access it. By the way, it looks like our uh, American pancakes are on their Ooh, way here. They've arrived. And we have bacon and we have thank pancakes. Thank And no problem. in a moment, we'll probably have some maple syrup somewhere as well. It's, that. Fantastic. It. it's coming. Fantastic. Great stuff. It's coming. Good man. Looking good. Um, if you need so, more, okay? Thank, thank you very, very much. much. Thank Cheers. Thank you. And I am immediately going for the maple syrup on the bacon.
0: Sadly, I can't carry on where Nick left off, but he was talking about using um, the headers in email. See, the headers inside like email... like microformat, Nick. Uh, no, which no, which no, is no, no,
1: no, no, Well, the microformat is actually something different I'm again. I'm being
0: all technical, are Or um, trying yeah, to be. Yes.
1: The problem with being technical is it's clever. important to also be right. Because um, when you do those two things and you're wrong, everybody walks away with the wrong statements and yeah. then they start repeating them. and then oh, I've to that noise up again, with, I? With, with clients who don't understand. So, if you... Imagine we take something like Microsoft Outlook and we added a um, plugin mm. to Microsoft Outlook to support mm. a type of form. Mm. Uh, and that form was the front end to your social network conversational tool that let you create conversations and shares and groups and so forth. So we're, we're mashing up news lists, mashing up email groups. And collating that information together, because because what you don't want to do is you may not want to have your email, your social network email address shared with everybody in that social network. So there's a, there's a whole specification in here as to what they're looking at and some conclusions. It's not a finalised thing. It's not set actually out there, but uh, it's it's a pretty good observation on a tool that we've already implemented that could be refashioned. And with that, I shall take a quick bite of this um, pancake and bacon. And
0: with that, I shall close that iTunes, which seems to be locking one machine up. Let's just hope that the recordings coming out the right Um, Okay.
1: Well, well, speaking of iTunes and no, just uh, the about music the industry, segue then, yeah, and um, Def
0: Leppard.
1: I think this is genius, Def Leppard. Tell us about this loophole. And a bit, a loophole um, in what? In their contract, oh, bacon. From Def Leppard's point of view. In the contract they, with, they their, don't, um... with their record label, mm-hmm. they have got no control over how prior recordings that they have done can be released or created. Okay. Yet, although they do have control over whether it can be released. Mm-hmm. So they have no control over delivery, but they have full control over whether it can be delivered. Right. So they would like to ensure that they have control over delivery.
0: In the method of delivery.
1: In the method of delivery. So okay. if they want to basically put things out on iTunes or DRM-free. They want to be able to reach an audience without being controlled by the record label. Mm. They've now realised that if they just re, they've, they've got the money there. They're going to re-record their songs mm. and release those recordings. Re-record, re-edit their songs and release those recordings, okay. which they are allowed to do. Okay. Because they own the copyright as artists to those songs hmm okay they will not give permission to the record label to publish any previous songs thereby and the songs will be released and they'll be called Def Leppard Forgeries (laughs) I like it um they've they've got this this fantastic loophole so now what are they what they're doing is is they're circumventing the middlemen Mm. getting to their audience producing content the audience wants And, of course, if if the audience then go, that's great, and pay for it and download it, and they're not going to be chasing after people who are copying stuff, because from their point of view, they're looking for a way to get a greater level of awareness of their music out there. Although it's, you know, isn't necessarily something you may not be aware of. And what does their their, um, label think about all this? Have they certainly think? This, This article's not particularly brilliant on covering where the label's coming from. It's mostly talking about the genius of circumventing a record label contract. Right. Um, so, it's, it's a pretty long article. Mm, it's a great idea to chew bacon and talk over the top, yeah, yeah. as I said. Um, obviously, this works for stuff that they own the copyright to. Yeah. So it won't work for their covers.
0: Of course not, no. It's got to be their own original stuff. Exactly. Okay. So, <laughs> well,
1: well, we This wish presumably is a good it. thing, yeah. Um, we'll, we'll keep an eye out for this happening. Um, in the meanwhile, whilst we're sitting here enjoying this bacon and, and pancakes and coffee... What do you think of the
0: coffee, though?
1: Coffee's pretty damn good. Mm. Got mm. any
0: sexual innuendos to mm. describe it?
1: Um, none at all, really. Mm. No. But, um, Can I have some more syrup? Certainly. You grab the syrup there, sir. Mm. Yeah, okay. uh, Grab the syrup there. Mm. The... Um, Coffee, bacon, pancakes, all paid for by King of Shaves and their King of Shaves product. So, you thank you, King, King of Shaves, Shaves yeah. for sponsoring this show. Paying for the bacon, the pancakes, and so yeah. forth It's always much appreciated. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to experience a King of Shaves product, um, you either aren't shaving at all. Perhaps, or perhaps you're a girl. Just, you know, well, there is King of Shaving products for girls.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: Um, not that I see You're a girl them, with hairy legs. You might. Mm. Yeah given your propensity to insist on using conditioner as a shaving cream
0: not anymore no quite i'm using king of shaves cool menthol gel so which i accidentally put in my hair the other day <laughs> <laughs> you know when you go to the shower and you're a bit knackered and i've had a long run and you're just kind of not really sure of what it you're goes doing. right
1: up there with me putting toothpaste I, I, on on my chin <laughs> really yeah <laughs> that's happened as well so um, king of shaves very kind of sponsoring the show Um, as you know I don't like promoting products that I do not believe in and King of Shaves is one of those products that um, I'm I'm genuinely pleased that they choose to sponsor the show Uh, if if I meet anybody who starts opening a conversation about sort of uh, what shaving products Mm.
0: because
1: that happens you know you get into a conversation over the bar about shaving products because that's the way blokes work Um, and when it does I sit there and say look use this King of Shaves product you're going to be spending less on your blades, you're going yeah. to get a better quality product, and you're going to be buying British.
0: And I can confirm that if you accidentally put the cool menthol all over your hair, it does work as a, quite well as a shampoo, and it leaves your scalp feeling nice and cool.
1: And we It'll can actually hot come back King of Shades is sponsoring James Ellington, who's an Olympic athlete, uh, a runner. Mm-hmm. And um, after James was, was unsuccessful in finding sponsorship, uh, he actually put himself up on eBay and said, you know... By my position in the Olympics Will King stood in Brilliant. and as part of King of Shades sponsored well we him we so, salute you King of Shades salute you King of Shades thank you for the coffee yeah
0: thank you and please, his lovely pancake mm. right
1: now you now, want to talk about visa
0: it's the story of um, Mr Assange you're a big Winnegas fan Spencekins. of Julian you are a big you're a fan <laughs> I, of Julian I admire the guy I am a big fan of him I don't know whether or not these allegations of, of rape are true or not. I won't comment on that. I don't know. Um, obviously, I don't condone it in any way, but
1: aside yes, from that... Because, because insisting on not talking about rape means you support rape. That's right, yes. Right, yeah. Yes.
0: yes. Um, but, of course, the story about, uh, you know, Visa and the Bank of America and these various people sort of blockading him financially broke, well, several months ago now. And so my heart took a leap when I heard that he had won the case against Visa. Now it is just the, is it the Icelandic version of Visa, whose name I won't it's, try and it's pronounce. It's a
1: regional win.
0: Uh, even though I've got 50% Icelandic DNA, I can't pronounce it. <laughs> I can't even say Reykjavik.
1: <laughs>
0: Possibly because it's Reykjavik. Yeah, there you go. You see, Nick, Nick knows better than me. But anyway, uh, so he's won against the, is it Vanitor? Vanitor? Yes, Vanitor. And apparently they're going to um, appeal.
1: As usual. I mean, this thing always goes to a win, followed by an appeal, followed by another court case, followed by a rejection, followed by an appeal, followed by a win. <coughs>
0: yeah.
1: At the end at of this, envelope. only lawyers win. Mm. Mm. In all of this, only lawyers win. Um, and it's uh, it's great to see that, you know, at least he's still getting his days in court. Mm-hmm. over a topic, but we shouldn't be confusing the article that is Julian Assange with the corporate that is WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. The WikiLeaks idea is is a separate entity that, to a certain extent, like most other things internet-based, has created a problem for governments in that it is sidestep the mechanism by which information can be shared and it is amazing how many times financial, com- financial institutions are put in as blockades against progress mm. in changing the way it, 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 only works in, it only works in the west, it only works in an area where you're unlikely to have civil unrest but you are likely to have credit cards and when you have those two things it's easier to block people by their credit cards than to block them on the basis of you know, civil unrest and and Misfortune or you know, heavy handed tactics. So,
0: Tell you
1: what, I probably shouldn't make a, a point like that whilst you're still filling your face with the pancake.
0: There's the last bit now, there's the last bit of pancake going in.
1: Get to the Seven Bees Cafe and try mm. this pancakes out, exactly. it's delicious. Now,
0: right, what's um,
1: bring your own device all about? The bring your own device, bring your own device concept, mm. I'm convinced that after social media bring your own device will be the next growth spurt for gurus and experts because you remember when social media became a big thing and everybody was an expert or a guru in it yes um, and still bring exploring. your own device is is the mechanism is the mechanism it's the trend now for managers and staff and CEOs to bring their iPads and their iPhones and thereby circumvent the need for an IT department to set up a PC for them (coughs) and simply say, I want to be able to work with my company, but I'm bringing my own iPad in because I'll answer my emails on my iPad. So I'm the company providing a prescribed laptop. Yeah. They're providing... Because the thing about the iPhone and the thing about the iPad and and tablet devices is these are not enterprise-level devices with enterprise-level... Uh, ability to manage. When you say enterprise level, it's an amazingly sweeping buzzword that in its essence means how simple is it for the IT department to control everything upon it. That is what being enterprise level means. So if you have a product that the IT department doesn't control and is in control of the user, it can't by definition be enterprise level because the user controls it, not the central department.
0: By that definition,
1: okay. In that definition. Yeah. Through that definition. And as a result, when we look at uh, the rise of managers bringing their own devices into the office, we're seeing a reflection of what occurred 30 years ago when management started buying PCs to use at home in order to do their work. Yeah. And we're necessarily bringing PCs into the office on a regular basis. Mm. And that created the growth in desktop PCs in the office, which sparked the growth in that environment. Interesting. So in the next five years, we're going to see a growth in bring-your-own-device architecture being implemented alongside enterprise architecture to handle the issue of licensing. Because the article we're looking to do is, you know, how to handle the issue of licensing Microsoft products, because it's not your device, it's the client, it's the user device. Yes. And this is this is only going to grow more because the, the trouble comes down to how Microsoft have already licensed everything. So um, instead of see this this actually gets right down to things I, I pointed out, which is this proprietary architecture that has been implemented by people like Microsoft in the enterprise level, which results in the need for. Um, exchange servers and Outlook desktops and Outlook licenses and so forth uh, has been an incredible lock-in. That lock-in has meant that IT have to a large extent become seen as the anchor and the restrainer of progress in business for moving forward with information. I'm I'm now at the point where I'm trying to argue for how do we remove IT from business because we have to because we have to remove the IT department from business. Because the IT department is the number one thing for holding it back today, because they are caught with the constraint of managing legacy constantly. And the only way to avoid managing legacy, from a user's point of view, is to stop using the things that they're forced to use and to do the jobs they're trying to do with the tools they bring back into the office. So they circumvent (coughs) IT strategy of handling legacy. That is
0: a very interesting concept that the IT departments of, of corporates have impeded progress.
1: And for SMEs, I mean, if you're, once you're at a place where you don't need an SME to set up email, because yeah. you've got Google Apps or your domain, yeah, and you don't need an uh, IT department to set up file sharing, because you've got Dropbox, mm-hmm. what is the IT department left to do?
0: Uh, just yes. Validate its own existence.
1: Yeah. Are they writing software? Well, you can... You know, you're getting apps that everyone's using or not. So, this begins to be something which is is the start, not of the end of the IT department, but of the transition of the IT department into accepting that that they should be corralling data, not devices. And they've never grasped that concept. They've always corralled the devices. And they've had that mechanism implemented through licensing, and they've had that mechanism implemented through desktops and they've never really gotten to grips with this concept that their job is to corral the data that is core to the business because the data that a business creates is actually the core to its functional value and its operational value without that it falls apart so the purpose of the IT department in the future is corralling data that's the you know it's, it's worth having a look at this bring your own device I think it will be the, the next sort of growing thing and on a side note to that and the reason I wanted to talk about Evernote in pocket, Mm. Um, if you're still listening to this show, and you have a view on things that we've been saying, the first person to leave a comment for this show will win a one-year subscription to Evernote that I have a code for. Whoa. I have a few codes to give away, and I promised Evernote i will give them away in our podcast. Evernote is a tool... Which enables you to track and maintain... I mean, I use it now for both tracking receipts for expenses, licensing information that I get sent via email. Um, But the other thing I do is use the Web Clipper tool. And I use that in in concert with Get Pocket. Yeah. Where I find articles that I want to talk about in this show, I use Pocket to snip them to Get Pocket so they're there to read. Part of Pocket that you can have on your iPhone and on the desktop of your machine... It says send it to Evernote. So when it's an article that I think I want to keep long term, such as an article that might be a how-to or instructional and mm. so forth, I send that to Evernote. Uh, for instance, I want to make my own muesli, so some selection of muesli recipes, I store those in Evernote. Sure. When I've got the instructions for how to take apart my strimmer, you know, I have them as a PDF and I put them in Evernote. So then I need the spares for my strimmer. I just need to type in, go to Evernote and strimmer. Yes. And, of course, it brings up the strimmer, and I can find out the code that I need for the spare, so I can order the right spare for my strimmer. Sure. So it's, 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 And, of course, if I get a license key that I need to renew, or I get uh, details that I have to store for Steam, I store those in Evernote. Um, the Pocket I mean, app is that completely
0: separate from Evernote? Is it just is
1: integrated with Evernote? It, it okay.
0: used to be called Read It Later. Oh, I used to use that. I
1: did. I still use today. Very strong product. Love using it. Yeah. Um, But again, if you want to win an Evernote... So, to prove to us that, that you have listened to the show, you have to include the following word in the comment. And the word is peppermint. The word is Peppermint. Okay. First person to leave a comment discussing what we've discussed about on this show... Wins, wins a one year subscription to Evernote.
0: There you go, people. Now, talking of corralling data, which mm-hmm. we were talking about a few minutes ago, uh, YouTube 23.
1: Does that well, make sense to before you? Before we get there, yeah. how much time do we have left? Because if you want to rant about the Olympics.
0: <laughs> well, let me check the time. It's around uh, 21 minutes.
1: I think we should talk about the Olympics. Because the YouTube 77,000 people demanding mp3 conversions mm. it's kind of like well
0: bit of a non-story but we'll link to bit it. it
1: bit of a non-story but yeah. we'll link to it but honestly you can get multiple different file formats from YouTube by selecting the different file formats huh. in yeah. the string it is actually based in there so if you're looking for an mp3 conversion that's a very simple thing to do with YouTube in fact there are other websites out there that already support it so
0: so get a load of this you know it's little of Uniformed Olympic officers will begin touring the country today, enforcing sponsors' multi-million pound marketing deals in a highly organised mission that contrasts with the scramble to find enough staff to secure Olympic sites. So almost 300 enforcement officers will be seen across the country checking firms to ensure they are not staging, quote, ambush marketing, unquote, or illegally associating themselves with the games at the expense of official sponsors such as Adidas. McDonald's, Coca-Cola. No, and they, don't they don't get mentioned. They don't get
1: mentioned. They don't They do get mentioned.
0: You'll see why. The clampdown goes on while well, 3,500 soldiers on beat. one cut that bit. Um, so wearing purple caps and tops. snipped by the way. The experts in trading and advertising working for the Olympic Delivery Authority, ODA, are heading the biggest brand protection operator stage in the UK. Um, Olympic organisers have warned businesses that during London 2012, their advertising should not include a list of banned words, including gold, silver, bronze, summer, sponsors, and steel, and London. Um, So... It goes on. This is almost beyond belief. It goes on. You're not allowed... If you're within a certain area, your company cannot sell chips because McDonald's does Although chips.
1: Although that's, that's slightly fallen back on now because workers at the sites
0: yeah.
1: were complaining about... They didn't want to keep eating McDonald's. They actually wanted also, chips. They wanted yeah. the proper chips. Because McDonald's don't sell chips. They sell fries. There's a, there a technical definition. There's there an absolute difference between a chip and a fry.
0: So,
1: and, <laughs> you know, Let alone the fact that McDonald's potatoes are... You know, how much potato is in the McDonald's fry today versus I mean, how much potato is in an actual chip?
0: You've got to read this article. I mean, it's, it's almost beyond, a, beyond belief. If it is true, then it's another example of big corporates controlling and affecting the lives of small businesses. So basically, if you're, if you're say a fish and chip shop in the Olympic within the Olympic region.
1: You can't sell chips. Do you not feel it's, it's more the continued jingoistic attitude that there is no harm that sports can do and that all sports is good sports and everything done in the name of sports is good?
0: Well, quite frankly, I think it's a joke that a company like McDonald's is sponsoring a sports event. Perhaps McDonald's think that by sponsoring a sports event, people will start to believe that their food is actually good for you. And if anyone from McDonald's wants to come on and challenge us on that, come come on down.
1: That's great, but we've got to get Jamie Oliver on at the same time. <laughs> but, I mean, come on, guys. All these people that are. There's a reason this show never goes to franchise cafes. the Olympic organisers, if this article is true,
0: are looking like buffoons.
1: Well, I think it's fair to say that there is no good PR yet to be, yet to be delivered in regards to how the modern delivery of the Olympics in both media representation, legalistic approach, the shutting down of cafes and shutting down of of venues around the area, Uh, the disruption to business and the disruption to transport. It's just, I've not seen anything yet where somebody said, this has been brilliant for Britain. (laughs) <laughs> it's it's overspent its budget by close to £7 billion. Uh, it's it's potentially... Don't you like uh, the Olympics? It's potentially... As, as somebody who wonders why it is that we're quite happy to be constantly enthusiastic about sports and arts but we cannot have a serious conversation about science or a promotion of science in today's society that you can open any newspaper and be guaranteed to find three or four pages dedicated to the athletic opportunities of any particular individual which has sponsored the emotional challenges of most strangers out there and meanwhile we have nothing at all about the impre- the impressive results that we've seen in you know the discovery of higgs boson that we have no talk at all about the continued uh, advancements in sciences towards the treatment of cancer we have no care at all about the eradication of a particular worm out there that is actually responsible for tropical viruses and diseases we barely ever get that covered at all but sure we'll spend four days talking about whether there's racism in football
0: and our next episode from social media wise noise will be from the <laughs>
1: olympic torch procession which is happening tonight you know. There's one of the reasons one of the reasons we chose to do this podcast in independent cafes, he said, stamping his finger on the table. He's, he's
0: ranting now, he's ranting and
1: striking yeah. the table was with because his finger. The belief that <laughs> the value in every Value in every good conversation comes from sitting around and having a meal together and having a coffee together, and that we were not going to do it from corporate-sponsored venues. Like, unfortunately, we've done it at Cafe Nero's at Gatwick because you can't be an independent at Gatwick. You can afford to be an independent at Gatwick. You know, these independents need to be supported. These independents mm. need to be talked about because we need to be supporting, not the franchises but the individuals we need to yeah. support the individuals themselves. if there's any independent businesses
0: in the Olympic area listening to this comment in with, with is this story true have you heard the rumours what's, what's going on I, I know on?
1: that I've gone through I've, okay so one of the things I wanted to do in August was arrange a bit of a get together in London and I was going to do it in St James's Park at In The Park yeah
0: but Nick your idea of flying in on microlights is a really bad idea we'll get shot down
1: and well yeah missiles we're talking about missiles <laughs> How on earth no. does anybody think that this is a sensible approach to 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 our society, that oh, well, we've got to consider security? I'll tell you what, I'm
0: not flying my jet over London during the Olympics. I'm just not going to do it. It
1: just, just beggars belief that somebody sat down at the Olympics committee and went, do you know what, putting missiles on top of a building will be an absolutely acceptable response to our handling of the Olympic security issues. Yeah. it it leaves me speechless that there are people in our society who have looked at this and thought that's entirely reasonable that's entirely reasonable let's go ahead with it however we've got um, we've got genuine sports people we've got we've got genuine athletic activity and people taking part in games whose whose participation in that game Will constantly be second and third place to the overbearing brand police and the overbearing control and the complete disruption that this event has caused. That these people who have trained for months and years to attend an event will have the least amount of focus on their time because most people will, st- will be covering the story that is the least amount of value to the event because somebody. ...couldn't sit back and allow the event to be more important than their prestige.
0: Anyone listening for the Olympic Committee?
1: Come and shoot us down. (laughs) You know, don't use any javelin rockets, turns out they don't work too well in the (laughs) rain.
0: Is it time to go now, (laughs) Nick? Now we've ruined our careers. We've got got 50 seconds to go. You need
1: to have a career to ruin it things that could things however that if you want to hear these continued rants and uh, you know i think most people would be surprised to hear that i'm not an- that i'm anti-olympics but pro sports people <laughs> i'm anti-jingoism jingo <laughs> um but if you've enjoyed this sort of jingoistic rant on the topic of social media and technology and science today then visit socialmediawhitenoise.com visit the donate button drop a donation into our website uh every donation helps pay for the teas the coffees the pancakes the occasional slurping of coffee and the interruptions to conversations uh, and we really appreciate it so uh, thanks to our sponsors at uh, King of Shaves. thanks to 7B's uh, Cafe mm-hmm. in Brighton yeah. um, I noticed the sun's coming out it's, it, is. It's, it is it, it must be it's you know, because we're finishing the show we're finishing the show yeah. um, and um, thanks to the listeners for leaving a comment and remember the password is peppermint
0: Okay, guys, see you soon, Dr. Pod.
1: Bye-bye. Goodbye.
0: Thanks for listening to Social Media White Noise, brought to you by Andy White, aka Dr. Pod, and Nick Butler, aka Loudmouth Man. Please visit www.socialmediawhitenoise.com where you can leave comments... Listen to the show straight from the webpage and subscribe for free. Email us at ulot at socialmediawhitenoise.com. Follow us on Twitter, Dr. Pod and Loudmouthman. We'd like to thank the coffee shops of Sussex, social media and technology, without whom this show would not be possible. See you soon. Peace.